So I'm starting to realize that mountain mushroom sweet potato flavored cookies may be making an appearance in every episode of this podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're so right. (laughs) We just can't get away from them. We cannot get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I actually do have a box of those on my desk right now. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> okay, I don't really hate you, but oh, oh, so jealous. Me, 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 so hungry. Me, 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 so hungry. Hi, I'm Allison, and I'm Rachel. And this is the Miso Hungry Podcast. Itadakimasu! Just Miso Hungry! Today, like always, we are talking about everything you never knew you wanted to know about Japanese food. Allison, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Did you eat anything good today? Yes, I did. San and I just got home from eating ramen. Ooh, jealous. Where did you eat? (laughs) We went to Motenai, which is this little ramen shop in Gardena, which has a very big Japanese population. It's this little hole in the wall in the corner of this shopping center, and it's really good. They're legit. They're really good. And the most important question that must follow is, what kind of ramen did you have? Tonkotsu and an order of gyoza. (laughs) Uh, life must be complete for you. I'm I'm feeling a little bit envious, I must admit. I don't but, blame you. <laughs> but I'm probably having ramen tomorrow, so I, I'll try not to hold a grudge. <laughs> so we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics today. We are talking chocolate. Yeah, because we so hungry for chocolate here <laughs> on Me So Hungry. <laughs> and with Valentine's Day tomorrow, it's kind of an important topic, even it's in Japan. Very very important topic. But there's something a little weird about how they do it in Japan. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm on board with this. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. And I, I'm curious to see if uh, your feelings about it match up with mine. <laughs> I, I have a feeling they might. <laughs> Probably. I'm guessing they do. So before we get there, let's do a bit of background. Mm-hmm. So, okay, chocolate is kind of this word from the west from the americas right Mm -hmm. so in japanese they have just borrowed that word and so they say it with japanese phonetics so they say chocoretto but they often just drop the second half of the word and they say choco and actually every time i say this it makes me think of a friend in japan who is this american guy named pete Mm -hmm. hi pete He's just kind of, I think, naturally gifted with languages. And so he was, he speaks Korean, but was um, studying Japanese and picking it up really quickly. But he had this funny habit of using Japanese words with this horrible American accent completely on purpose, knowing that he was doing it mm-hmm. and throwing it into English sentences. And he always said things like, Oh, yes, would you like some chocoretto? <laughs> <laughs> so every time I see the, the word chocoretto, I think of my friend Pete. So anyways, random. So chocolate hasn't really been in Japan all that long. It's a relatively new thing, right? Really new. I couldn't find any really good sources on the authority of when chocolate made its first appearance. But 
supposedly from a few things I read, it showed up during World War II because the U.S. military gave it to the servicemen as part of their rations. But then in the last few decades, it's gotten really popular with Valentine's Day for like the month after Valentine's Day. The Japanese chocolate, big chocolate season is a little bit different from ours here. I mean, I think ours mostly goes oh, from Valentine's Day through Easter, I'd say. For, I guess we probably have multiple chocolate seasons, but yeah, <laughs> for the spring chocolate season. And in Japan, it starts with Valentine's Day, but it goes through March 14th, which is a day they call White Day. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So it's a little shorter, but still very productive for all of the confectionery companies. <laughs> the Japanese have really taken this whole chocolate thing and just run with it. When they decide to do something, they kind of do it all the way. I mean, we there, can see that with the Kit Kats. Yeah. <laughs> there is, in Paris every year, there is this kind of like chocolate convention. It's called Salon du Chocolat. The most recent one was just this past October. They give out awards. One of the awards is the best foreign chocolatier. And this past October, the winner was actually a Japanese chocolatier, Susumu Koyama. So not only are they doing amazing things, but they're being recognized internationally and, you know, winning out against people, you know, like the Belgians and Swiss who've been making chocolate for way longer. Yeah, so kind of amazing. known for chocolate. Yeah. Speaking of chocolate history, so we know that chocolate is new, but Valentine's Day is even newer in Japan, right? Yeah. I mean, they tried to get into Valentine's Day in the 1930s, but it just didn't catch on. And then, of course, there was World War II, so it really didn't catch on. Yeah. <laughs> but then in the 70s was when people actually started to get into Valentine's Day. But the way that they promoted it is something that we kind of find a little weird. Yeah. And personally, I find aspects of it problematic. <laughs> what is so weird about their Valentine's Day tradition? Well... They have found it appropriate to have the women give chocolate to the men on Valentine's Day. And then a month later on White Day, if you got chocolate from a girl, then the guy is supposed to reciprocate. But we don't get it till a month later. Yeah. I have issues with this. And then it's like, oh, you gave me something, so I have to give you something back. Yeah. What is this? What's up with that? I mean, not like I get chocolate on Valentine's Day anyways, but still, it's the idea. Yeah. Exactly. And not only that, but they have this concept called giri choco, which means obligatory chocolate, where they have to give chocolate to people like their boss or coworkers or their male friends, where they feel like it's an obligation to give to these less significant male people in their lives. And not just less significant. It's like sometimes you really don't like the guy. But you still yeah. have to give them chocolate. Yeah, they even have a term for that. It's chogiri choco, which means ultra obligatory chocolate. I mean, <laughs> how insulting is that to be, oh, this is, I got this from Yoko-san and it's a uh, chogiri choco. She really <laughs> hates me, but she had to give it to me. Huh. I mean, totally demeaning for the guy and how humiliating for the woman. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of how, like, in elementary school, if you're going to bring something, you have to bring it for the whole class, except not ever growing out of that. Yeah. Like, isn't the part of growing up the fact that 
you're out of elementary school. You're <laughs> you get to choose school. who you give your chocolate to. Yeah. Or keep it for yourself. My goodness. <laughs> okay. So giri choco, the obligatory chocolate, that's one type. And usually these are like inexpensive little boxes of chocolate, maybe two or three dollars. Yeah, you're not going to spend a bunch on somebody you don't like. (laughs) Right. But if you're, you know, working in an office as a woman, you could end up buying 20 or 30 boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, so two to three dollars a pop, you're still going to be spending maybe 60 bucks. I mean, it's just insane. So, okay, then we move on to a category of chocolate that makes a lot more sense to me. And that's honmei choco, which means favorite chocolate. I don't know. How do you feel about this category? Do you want to explain this one? This one makes definitely makes more sense to me. I mean, this is you're giving the chocolate to somebody who you actually want to express your love to. So, you know, your husband, your boyfriend, your yeah. maybe somebody you have a crush on, perhaps. Yeah. Go out on a limb. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they spend money on these or they make it homemade. Yeah. But, but this either is way, it's special. more special. Yeah. So yeah, totally makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But my personal favorite, and this is actually a pretty recent development. Like the first time we lived there, I don't really remember this happening. And then the second time, it was definitely starting to happen more. The third category is tomo choco, which means French chocolate. I really like this one. Yeah, but the funny thing here is it's a woman giving chocolate to her girlfriend. So it's still girls giving chocolates. But I mean, I'm totally on board with giving chocolate to all my female friends. Oh, totally. And again, <laughs> this is my favorite category. <laughs> because here, it can be reciprocated, right? Mm-hmm. You give to your girlfriends, they give back. I like that. So, and these usually are more than the medium price range. And it's becoming really popular to do homemade things. And the Japanese, I, we've kind of mentioned before, they're infamous for their incredible packaging. And <laughs> Tomo Choco does not escape this. I mean, the the ones that I've received and seen, you know, the women take a lot of time and effort to package these little store-bought or homemade gifts, and they are special. I'm curious, out of these three categories of chocolate, are are you going to be giving any? Well, I'm definitely not going to be giving any Giri Choco, just because (laughs) I don't have coworkers or, you know, the random people that I sometimes work with do not live near me. So I will not be giving any people that I don't want to give chocolate any chocolate. I'm not sure about the homemade choco just because Sun is not really a big chocolate person. However, he has fallen hard for those Kinoko no Yama chocolates. (laughs) He's obsessed with them, completely obsessed. So I might go get a couple of boxes of those for him. Are you giving any Tomo choco this year? I definitely think I will. Is a good excuse to give chocolate to my girlfriends. You may be getting a package at some point in time. I'm just saying. Oh, darn. <laughs> and I think I think that's fun because it's. I feel like it's a lot easier and more enjoyable to give chocolate to other women just because they generally appreciate it more and are more likely to like what you like. Whereas guys, who knows? Yeah, you know, I am probably only giving Tomo Choco this year because Mr. Fuji is leaving for Washington, D.C. on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm trying not to read between the lines on that one. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So we won't really be doing anything on Valentine's Day. Squirrel will be taking Tomo Choco to her class, even though I'm still going to call it 
Tomo Choco because she'll be giving to girls and boys, but they're all her friends. So right, right. I don't think that I'm not going to call any of that giddy Choco. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was kind of thinking that you should be getting a package from me. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's the year of Tomo Choco. Definitely. And should we mention what we're thinking of doing? Oh, this is definitely happening. We want to enable you, our amazing listeners, we want to enable your Tomo Choco habit. We're kind of thinking you need a Choco Taco. So, <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, I actually looked for chocolate molds that look like octopi. The Anyways. only mold I found <laughs> for these octopedian creatures was this crazy, kind of scary seven leagues under the sea looking <laughs> mold. I'm like, no. So what we're talking about is we have a chocolate wrapper that you can download and print that's got our little taco on it and some fun little sayings in Japanese for Valentine's Day. So if you want to do some fun Tomo Choco this year, then download our taco wrapper <laughs> and wrap up a chocolate bar and give them to some friends. Every time you say Choco Taco, I think of those Choco Tacos that like I totally you get as kids. <laughs> I was like, I kind of want one. I wonder if those are actually any good because I don't remember. I don't know if I ever actually ate one. I think I had them maybe once. Anyways, sorry, random. You know, but I'm kind of enamored with the idea of doing some kind of riff on that with a, yeah, taco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Will the fun of our taco ever end? Probably not. No, that and the the mountain mushrooms. Yeah. It's going to be octopuses and mountain mushrooms (laughs) the entire podcast. We're never going to get away from it. We're going to be haunted by the ghosts of mountain mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Chocolate for everyone. Once we get through all the hullabaloo of Valentine's Day in Japan, exactly one month later on March 14th is White Day. And why is it called White Day? Do we know? You know... I may be wrong. I remember reading something about this candy maker who kind of pointed out, I think it was in, I think it was 1978 or something. And he pointed out the fact that there was no system of okaishi, which is, okaishi means a gift in return. So, you know, if you receive something, you give something back. And he's saying, Mm -hmm. well, you know, the women are all giving the men these gifts and there's no system for the men to give back. We need something. But it wasn't until the... Japan Sweets and Confectionaries Makers Union met and decided to actually implement a system. They called it White Day, that this all happened. And the original idea that he brought up, that the candy maker brought up before that, was that maybe it should be a marshmallow holiday. Hmm. I don't know why he wanted it to be a marshmallow holiday, but I'm wondering if that's where the name White Day came in. I have no idea. That's complete speculation on me. On, or on my part yeah because it's kind of i mean chocolate in general is usually dark colored so maybe to it's like counteract the opposite. that yeah i don't yeah. know <laughs> so yeah so it was about the mid 80s that white day really took hold and ever since it's been a definite success in fact up until white day after valentine's day if you go into uh like the chocolate area where the chocolate counters are in the department stores mm-hmm. you start to see increasingly larger numbers of businessmen 
you know, <laughs> kind of hovering around the counters. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. So for White Day, everybody who got chocolate has to give, or all the men who got chocolate. So it's not just a romantic thing. If you got chocolate from a female coworker, you also have to return that's in kind. That's concept. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good day to be the one woman in an office. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, the office I was working in the last time we lived in Japan, I made treats for my office mm-hmm. on for Valentine's Day. And on White Day, I worked with all guys, except there were a couple of secretaries that were women. But the guys that I worked with on White Day brought me this bag full of old-fashioned Japanese toys. Oh, wow. Because they knew, you know, I was writing a lot about, of, about lots of different subjects in Japan at the time. And they decided that would be more special than some random Aww. whatever. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I was quite proud of the male population that day because they really... <laughs> they really put some thought into that. Yeah. Which not, not all guys I, do. <laughs> not that I would have been disappointed with chocolate, but of course. they really put some thought into it. So, yay, go men. <laughs> but yeah, the whole... The whole system is just weird and <laughs> and really just a chance for the candy makers to make a lot of money. Which is probably exactly the same thing here, except for the candy and the jewelry and the flowers. Yeah, but really, don't we try to give it some meaning? Really? Please we try. <laughs> I- I'm so naive. I know. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't get anything for Valentine's Day, so, you know. Okay, you want to hear the most random thing ever? Sure. About an hour outside of Tokyo, there's this little mountain resort town called Hakone, and it's famous for its onsen, which are hot springs. Uh-huh. Mr. Fuji and I have been several times. It's just, it's an awesome place. But there is this, uh, like a spa resort there called Unisan, and they've got all these specialty pools filled with, you know, different kinds of mineral water or whatever. When we lived there, they had a curry pool. I don't understand the draw to that, but you know i know they currently have a red wine pool so you're actually you're like in this pool like you're at raging waters or something but it's filled with red wine or how odd or curry every year for valentine's day for a few weeks they have a special chocolate bath where you get to soak in this large pool of warm chocolate and it different times of the day they have workers that come over and pour chocolate sauce over you (laughs) yeah so if you've ever said you wanted to swim in a pool of chocolate there you go yeah just make sure that i don't i still probably wouldn't eat it because i believe that pool is open to all ages and you know what (laughs) little kids do in pools (laughs) just saying yeah so um i know you did a little uh research research. (laughs) yes this is very official research. Yes. Yes. I went and bought several types of chocolate. I actually found two random Kit Kat flavors, which they didn't have a few weeks ago. I have strawberry tart and Sakura matcha latte Kit Kats. Ooh, so cherry blossom green tea. Yes. Yummy, yummy. Yes. Have you tried them yet? Yes. Of course. Okay. Deliver the <laughs> Who do you report. Think you're talking about? <laughs> They're really good. I mean, the thing that we mentioned this in the candy episode, the thing that I really love about Japanese sweets in general is that they're not overly sweet. Right. And that's true for these. They definitely taste like what they're meant to taste like, unlike that pumpkin cheesecake one that we had, which was kind of odd. When we had to imagine the pumpkin. Uh (laughs) Yeah. These, yeah, the strawberry definitely tastes like strawberry. And they're really good. 
And then I got two other types of chocolate. I got a Melty Blend, which is Melty is this brand, I guess, of chocolates made by Meiji. So the same people who make those <laughs> the uh, <laughs> mountain mushrooms that we can't get away from. Shocker. Yes. And mine is Royal Milk Tea flavored, which I was expecting it to taste more like the milk tea that if you've ever had, like, been to a boba place, you can usually, like, milk tea is the most well-known, the most popular liquid to get with the boba. But this tasted very strong, had a very strong tea flavor, like, almost like oolong tea, but not much milk flavor. Hmm. So, I mean, it's good. It's just not what I expected. And then I got this other one, which was pudding chocolate, which was good. It was by Kabaya, but it was kind of sweet, sweeter than I had expected, but it was good. So I know you got some chocolate too, right? Yes. <laughs> I got, I also got some Melties mm-hmm. um, and I, I love the Melties. They're, they're good. They're good. They're like little squares, almost like a ganache. I want to compare so they, them to truffles without the hard chocolate outside. Yeah. Or so like just a plain truffle that's been rolled in cocoa powder. Or something. Yes. Yes. But they they melt really quickly. Mm-hmm. Probably why they call them melties. <laughs> but I got just the plain ones. And then I have some pokey that are milk chocolate sea salt. Ooh. So they're just the kind of chocolate biscuit stick dipped in a milk chocolate and they've just got a light sprinkling of sea salt and they're quite good Mm. sea salt with chocolate always good oh yeah (laughs) so on board with that (laughs) i think uh, we'll start to see some more interesting flavor combinations in the fine artisan chocolate world in japan though because um i don't know i when i think of japanese flavors i think there are so many that are would be so good with chocolate you know even the more savory there are a few chocolate makers here like the very small chocolate makers who do have some japanese influenced flavors they're really good i think Vosges in new york has some and jacques torres i think he's done some things with japanese flavors but i think there are a lot i mean i think it's just really like yuzu is Mm -hmm. just such an amazing fragrant citrus and sesame. I've definitely seen sesame. Oh, yeah. And wasabi. Mm-hmm. And, and then ginger. some of the teas. Ginger. Yes. Yes. Green tea. Mm-hmm. Cherry blossom. Cherry blossom, for sure. And I think I saw that someone had done something with shichimi togorashi, which is the oh. seven spice blend that mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So a more savory, savory application, but that would be more on par with like the chocolate bars you're seeing here with chili in them. So it'll be interesting. Sorry. The thing that comes to mind is like, I really wonder if anybody will do a sweet potato one. Ooh. I'm on Cannot get away from that. So my last thought of the day, okay, maybe not of the day, but for now, <laughs> is has anyone made a chocolate version of onigiri? What do you mean by that? Like onigiri dipped in chocolate? Like a sweet onigiri? Yeah. Or like, ooh, hmm. Though if I could find a chocolate mold that looked like a little onigiri, I would <laughs> so be buying that chocolate mold. In an instant. Or a sushi mold for that matter. Mm-hmm. But onigiri really would be amazing, especially <laughs> if they had the little faces on them. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so somebody, if you want to earn your graduate degree from university in <laughs> Japanese chocolate, your 
graduate thesis project or whatever can be to make me an onigiri chocolate mold. Onigiri <laughs> chocolate, that's silly. So I think we had someone on Twitter ask how they could apply to mm-hmm. attend university <laughs> or how to enroll. Uh-huh. We should probably figure that out so people can, <laughs> can do that. Speaking of which, I think we need to award an honorary degree to our friend Sushi Pro. Yes, I do think we need to. We should probably mention we had an interview with him. He's posted both parts of the interview on his website, which we will have in the show notes. So yeah, go go check out the interview. And while you're at it, check out his, his site. It's got just, if you are interested in sushi, it's crazy informative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, honorary degree to Sushi Pro. He is the first recipient of a university honorary degree. So congratulations, Sushi Pro. Woohoo! Graduation party. I'll yes. bring the sushi. I'll bring the onigiri. <laughs> Someone bring the mountain mushrooms. <laughs> well, with with that in mind, <laughs> although we're kind of wrapping things up for this episode, you guys can continue to digest the topic online. Right, Allison? Yes, we are on Twitter at MisoTalk. We have a fan page on Facebook. You can email us at misohungrypodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on our website where the show notes and our taco tidbits are misofy.com. That's M-I-S-O-F-Y dot com. And we love it if you leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes. And if you love us, we think you should be sending us some Tomo Choco. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But go download our chocolate wrapper. And give your friends Tomo Choco and then tell us all about it. Tell us what you gave them. Yeah. And if you do print it off and make and make some wrap some chocolates with it take a picture and send it to us we'd love to see it and share it i'm allison day and i'm rachel hutchings and you've been listening to the miso hungry podcast the podcast that brings you a different kind of choco taco i really want a choco taco both kinds i'm just wanting chocolate me so angry.